Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. So in our scripture today, we have the story of two women, one older and one very young. We don't know the age of Elizabeth, but we can guess that she is in her 50s or even 60s, since she is considered way past the age of conception. Mary, the historians tell us, was just a young teenager, 14 or 15 years old. What they have in common is being pregnant. Being pregnant as the result of a direct promise from God delivered by the angel Gabriel and being pregnant when the state of being pregnant for each of them could be the most dangerous thing they ever do. I did a little research and although it's kind of hard to nail down exact figures, the rate of a mother dying in childbirth, the maternal death rate, currently in the U.S. is around 15 per 100,000 births. The World Health Organization is working to get the global rate down from 152 to 70 by 2030, but it isn't looking good. The current rate for sub-Saharan Africa stands at 302, and along with other underdeveloped countries and the added stress of the pandemic, the rate even in the U.S. went up slightly in 2021 from 2022 from 2020. And in Mary and Elizabeth's time, the best data I could locate puts maternal death rates at 30%. That's 30,000 per 100,000 births. And to make things worse, being very old or very young only increased the risk of death during childbirth. And we know that our pregnant ladies in our passage today represented both ends of that spectrum. Giving birth was a risky business. It still is, but a little more life-threatening, a lot more life-threatening back then. And when you consider that the infant mortality rate was 40%, and that families depended on children to continue the family business or to work on the farm, then maybe we can understand that women had to give birth to almost twice the number of babies so they could have enough to live into adulthood. Yes, each one of them sees their pregnancy as a blessing, an answered prayer, and even under the very real threat of possible death, They are happy, joyful even. Elizabeth is the wife of Zechariah, the priest who got a visit from the angel Gabriel in the temple. You know, the one who didn't believe what the angel said and had his ability to speak put on hold until his son was born. She was past the age of conception, yet God chose her to carry John, the one who would come in the spirit and power of Elijah to prepare the way for Jesus. John was the fulfillment of God's promise found in Isaiah 43 through 5. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low 
the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then there's Mary. She's really a young girl who has been a model daughter all her life. Just engaged to a young carpenter, she was living a normal life, looking forward to being a wife and mother just like every other young girl in the village. But in an instant, all that changed for her. She got a visit from Gabriel too, who tells her that she is going to become pregnant and that child will be the son of God. She is told he will be the Messiah, the savior that Israel has been waiting for. And the prophecy of Isaiah 7:14 is fulfilled in the status of Mary being a virgin. And the prophecies of Jesus being born in the line of King David from the tribe of Judah, being called Emmanuel, and others are also fulfilled as Mary gives birth to this Messiah. Now for the women out there who have been pregnant, and the men who have become fathers, taken that journey with them, what changed for you with the pregnancy and birth of your baby? How long did it take you to realize that nothing in your life would ever be the same? What emotions did you feel? Joy, expectation, excitement, fear, incompetence? If you're like me, all of the above and more. So we can imagine that Elizabeth and Mary felt the same things, but actually more than just that. When Elizabeth got pregnant, her life not only changed, but she saw it as redemption. She says, this is what the Lord has done for me. When he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In her day, producing children was seen as a woman's only value. She was old and had lived a long life with the shame of never having a child hanging over her head. Now everything has changed for her. New baby, new standing in her community, and joy. Look what the Lord has done for me. Now Mary has quite the opposite situation. She was the model daughter, after all. But becoming pregnant for her, out of wedlock, would bring her shame, possibly leading to her execution. Unlike Zechariah, who didn't believe, Mary makes a statement of unprecedented belief and trust. After hearing about Elizabeth and her miracle pregnancy, she says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then she practically runs to see Elizabeth, to see the truth of what the angel had said to her, and possibly to find a friendly face who would understand. Even if she believed and trusted, fear was probably knocking at the door. In both these women's lives, everything had changed. Now, I didn't grow up around here, but I'm sure that those who have grown up around here can look around and see the many changes that have happened over the years. Just like the same thing has happened where I grew up. I can look around and I can point out things that are no longer there, see how things have changed. But we don't have to look that far back, do we? 
Once the pandemic hit in March of 2020, everything around the world changed too. None of us would have considered wearing a mask for any reason. I remembered the SARS outbreak in, I think it was 2007 maybe, and all those people in Asia wearing masks and thinking, how awful that must be. Yet now they're part of the landscape. We don't even blink when we see one. And we may not like them, but we know we have to wear them at times. And we expect to see them. And we know that they aren't going anywhere anytime soon. We've been grieving the loss of so many things. Businesses that have shut down permanently. The ability to gather in crowds and feel safe. In-person meetings and Bible studies. That I am grieving for sure. I'm sure you can think of something that has changed in your life. Something that probably won't be coming back. For Mary and Elizabeth, a baby changes everything. And in an instant, nothing will be the same again. And that can be very scary for anyone. The question is, how did they respond? And what does that mean for us? In spite of the changes, we see utter joy and praise for what God is doing. John, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, leaps for joy as he comes close to Jesus. He will prepare the way for him. And it's like he's jumping for joy in anticipation. And as he jumps, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she begins to prophesy. Then Mary begins to sing and praise God, saying, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. According to the promise. Mary believes wholeheartedly in God's promises. And even in the face of possible death, she can still be joyful. Their lives change, for sure. What baby comes into the world and doesn't shake things up? But these babies create change on a worldwide scale. John will make a way for the Savior. And the birth of Jesus will level the playing field for everyone. The rich and powerful brought down, the low and empty raised up. This is the dawning of a new day, a new way of life. And they sing praise to God for his grace and mercy to them and to the world. Mary, Elizabeth, and yes, baby John, see God at work in the world and respond with joy and praise. But God has been at work from the beginning. He is the creator and the master planner. Through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, God created all that is, and it was good. But then came sin. 
And sin is constantly at work trying to destroy the goodness that God created. It breaks down our relationships with him and with each other. It leaves us filled with fear and self-doubt. It tells us we'll never measure up that we can't do anything right. It tells us this pandemic will never be over. It leaves us willing to step on others in order to get what we want. Willing to let people starve to death right on our front doorsteps. It causes us to put value in things like money and status and causes us to turn a blind eye to the suffering of others. Yet God is always doing a new thing, recreating and rebuilding according to God's original plan, his promise to you and to me. The angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the child in a manger. In Jesus, God fulfills his promise of a better world. And what better sign than a baby? How can we not see the promise of new life in the face of this precious child and know that what God promises for our future, the future of the world, is fulfilled in Jesus? You know, they say quite truthfully that the moment we're born, we're dying. It's true. Over 300 million of our cells die every minute. We lose over 100 hairs from our heads every day. We lose 30 to 40,000 skin cells a minute, which become the dust in our homes, by the way. As we grow and age, different parts of our bodies stop working well. Can I get an amen on that one? Or shut down altogether. And sometimes it seems as if the earth itself is on the same path to death, breaking apart, shutting down species that were once vital we see only now in books. Look around. See the many lives that we've lost in this pandemic. Look at the natural or maybe unnatural disasters taking place everywhere. It would be easy to focus on all that death and destruction and just give up hope. But Paul reminds us that wasting away is not God's plan for our lives or the world. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, so we do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look at not what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. God created, and in Christ, he is recreating, making all things new. He is repairing the legacy of the damage caused by sin in the world. He sent his son to show the world that he loves us, that what he promises in his word is true. This baby changes everything for Mary, for Elizabeth, and for all people. And that includes you, and that includes me. It's up to us to see what God is doing, to trust in his promises. 
And as we look at one more sign that the world is heading for destruction, as we lose just one more thing that will never return, and we feel the grief of all that loss, we can be pregnant, and that includes you guys too, with hopeful expectation of what it will be like when we are recreated into the image of God's one and only Son. When we are set free from the expectations and despair of the world and can finally live into the future God has promised. Can we see that promise made real in Christ? Can we be joyful and praise? Praise God even while we wait for the fulfillment of God's promise. In the midst of signs of death all around us, we can be a beacon of hope. By reaching out in love to those around us, we can buy someone's groceries, volunteer at an organization that helps the disabled or elderly, partner with our wonderful mission team to reach out to our community with tangible acts of kindness and care. God has done great things for us. Let us make a bold statement of our faith and trust in God's promise given to us in Jesus by doing great things in his name. Or as Mother Teresa would say, even small things in great love. Our days are pregnant with anticipation. Anticipation of the child born on Christmas Day and the promise of a future with hope. While we wait, let us be joyful and share that amazing love and hope with the world. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you do great things. You've done great things for us, and you will continue to do great things through your Son, Jesus Christ. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that believe and trust in your promise. Let us look at this child Bring this beautiful act into our hearts and dwell there so that we can reach out in hope and love to this hurting, broken world and help you recreate it into something more beautiful and wonderful as we wait for the day when you fill your promise and bring it to reality for everyone. It's this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.